What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 92 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, I should boy, Chris Pugh, and as ever, I am joined by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Samuel Lewis on this Sabaton Friday. How are we? I'm very good. I'm very good. In fact, um, I've had a nice week, although apart from the fact that I've, I'm just, my foot's getting better, I just recovered from a broken toe. But now my wisdom teeth are coming through. No, so wisdom teeth. Yeah. My biggest yeah, fear, not... that is. That's my biggest fear. What do you mean, that's your biggest fear? Well, no, but obviously, I'm being, a bit hyperbolic. I'm being a bit hyperbolic there, obviously, I'm scared of dying more. Although, apparently, like, wisdom... <laughs> <laughs> that's wisdom... Why wisdom teeth, that could be, that's a fucking combination of half. But apparently, wisdom teeth is one of the great pains, and I am pretty nervous about when mine start coming through uh yeah so this morning i couldn't open my mouth properly Aww. um and i had like a my dad but that current bless him like he's helped me build a, uh, another armchair today he came with like a sandwich like breakfast sandwich and stuff and i was like having to take like little nibbles and stuff <sighs> like i was like a mouse <laughs> like Aww. you know like holding it like a piece of cheese <laughs> <to> my... <laughs> taking like a little tip off because like the actual action of like yeah problematic and I, I did some research apparently salt water is helpful which i've done uh, but also that's that's unpleasant um and then you have to put mouthwash back there and, and so if it's continue for the next couple of days i think like a dentist and no one wants that and, oh well let's that, hope very well we we haven't obviously we haven't discussed me and you haven't discussed uh the record uh sabaton's new album at all to each other so uh, as well as having wisdom teeth coming through i hope that you didn't despise this album we're soon going to find out whether you did or you didn't before me and sam started talking about the new sabaton album let's tell you who we are uh, we're a fortnightly rock and metal podcast sponsored by starbrand records we're available on youtube spotify apple podcasts basically Wherever you watch or listen to podcasts, me and Sam will be there. The best way to support us is to like slash subscribe or follow, depending on whichever service you are using. As well as that, something that I've only recently figured out, uh, and this sounds ridiculous, but just me and Sam aren't technical guys. We just come and talk on a podcast about metal and we don't think about anything else. What I've just found out really is a great way of like getting us out there and making us appear in more searches is leaving us a comment slash rating. So if you're watching on YouTube or Yes, if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment or rating if you're watching on our podcast or Spotify. And of course, tell a friend about us. That's the best way to help us as well. That'd be really cool if you could do that. As well as that, follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. We are honing in on 1,000 followers, which would be really, really cool for us. Both me and Sam run that account. Before we start talking about Sabaton's new record, a quick explanation. Uh, There was no episode this Tuesday just gone where there would usually have been one scheduled. Me and Sam had everything sorted. We had the two records we were going to talk about. However, I went to Berlin this weekend, just gone. And because of Storm Eunice, I had to go and travel to Manchester, which was where I was getting my flight from with my girlfriend, basically like two days early, because I was really worried about Storm Eunice cancelling all trains. I wouldn't have been able to get to Manchester, wouldn't have been able to get the flight to Berlin. And then as well as that, because of Storm Eunice again on the way coming home, I had to stay in Manchester for an extra day as well before travelling back. So there was literally, we had everything set up, we listened to the albums, but there was no time to actually record and edit the podcast in time. So that's why there was no episode up this past Tuesday. But we are going to release this on this episode we're doing today on Saturday, and there will be an episode next Tuesday as well. 
So as you can see from the title of this episode, we are dedicating this show entirely to the upcoming Sabaton record. Uh, let's not waste anyone's time, so let's get straight into it. Uh, the War to End All Wars is out on March 4th via Nuclear Blast Records. It's the Swedish power metal giant's 10th studio album and the follow-up to 2019's aptly titled Sam, The Great War. Um, just some, some stats on Sabaton uh, for people who might be unaware of their popularity. Over 2 million month listens on Spotify. Number one albums across multiple countries. Uh, some of their albums have gone like triple or quadruple platinum. They're the highest selling, uh, they had the highest selling Swedish heavy metal album ever. They won Best Live Band twice at Metal Hammer's Golden Gods. Their UK tour, which has currently been postponed, had them playing in four different arenas, Wembley being one of them. And ticket sales are said to have been really strong for that. They are undeniably one of the biggest metal acts of our generation, whatever you may think of them. And the reason why I've brought that up is, um, okay, a bit of a bit of an admittance from me. And for full disclosure, if you're a huge Sabaton fan and you're watching this review, (laughs) possibly don't. uh, And that is because I'm I don't like power metal. I wouldn't, it's on very, very rare occasions would I purposefully choose to listen to power metal. I'm not really into Sabaton. They don't really do much for me. So that on the, on the one hand, you could be listening to this review and be like, what, what are you talking about it for? Then what's the point? Well, I feel like it would be disingenuous of us, of me and Sam, to call ourselves a metal podcast and then to not talk about one of the biggest releases of the year, if not the biggest metal release of the year so far. And um, so, if you're a huge Sabaton fan that doesn't like to hear any criticism about Sabaton, this might be a difficult sit through for you, perhaps. And it might seem strange me kind of directing you away from what we're about from the podcast. Uh, perhaps this might not be the episode for you. Sam, have you had any kind of full exposure to Sabaton before, apart from word of mouth? Uh, I've heard songs accidentally. You know, like you, you, you I, when they used to buy Metal Hammer, there'd, there'd be like a CD with every couple of months' issues and they'd be on you know, like new releases and things like that, or I'd hear it while flicking through playlists and things like that, but I, I've never divulged and sat down and said, I'm going to give Sabaton a go. And that's not a specific Sabaton issue. Like like you, um, I made a decision about power metal fairly early in my metal life. And I heard like Dragon Force and bands like that and thought, that's not for me. Very talented guys, but from that... And then, because I think that with an entry level band for a lot of people that got into power metal from my generation, sort of early early to mid two thousands and and twenty tens, the Guitar Hero explosion of stuff. If you went with that, you would you know you then go on a completely different journey and tangent of your metal listening. I, I went in a different direction. I went down a more metalcore route, and and that that's the end of it. So for me, Sabaton are kind of like. In the same way that me and you talk about entry-level hardcore bands, no one just starts listening to Knock Loose. It just yeah. doesn't happen that way. Uh, Sabaton feel like a band that are like Bowser's Castle of the Mario world. You don't start there, you get to there. Um, and I didn't like uh, Dragon Force, so I can't imagine finding myself. There was no pathway that would have led me to Sabaton, basically. So as a result, I never got there. And that's kind of similar for me. I am someone that will quite openly dismiss 
power metal and hair metal as genres that are, that are just they just don't do anything for me and outside of the guitar solos i do find i do find a lot of the material really grandiose over the top bit cheesy just just something that i don't personally enjoy in the same way that someone could come right back at me and be like hang on you like pop punk and you you don't like things being cheesy yeah someone who right. podcast has made that point <laughs> yeah yeah do you know what yeah i do i, I love pop punk i dislike paramount i dislike paramount for being cheesy and yet i love pop punk yeah and that that is strange and perhaps a, a, an example of my hypocrisy possibly however it's just not for my taste and it just doesn't do anything for me however how could we possibly ignore a sabaton album and then call ourselves a metal podcast we, we have to talk about it um one thing that i've got to say the description that I was reading about the album that the PR sent, um, a concept album of 11 brand new songs that once again dive deep into the atrocities, miracles and events tied to the early 20th century World War One. And there's something that there's a thing, I think is really, really cool about this album. Each song is linked to either a specific event or a person that lived during that time. Lady of the Dark, for example, is about the tale of Milunka Savic, who is like this Serbian woman who took her brother's place in the army, disguised herself as a man. And then you look becoming one of the most decorated like soldiers, Serbian soldiers of the war, which I think is really cool. And Sabaton has spent a right about war for like 10 albums. And they're still coming up with these new, interesting ways of doing it, which I think is a task in itself. I mean, they're a band that have been going for two decades now and they're still finding ways to kind of reinvent their own wheel. And something else I want to mention as well. The music videos that they have crafted for this release are pretty incredible. The production quality is fantastic. And the visual tale that's told in, what was it? The Unkillable Soldier, that's it. In particular, the, the music video is fantastically well done and really like interesting to watch. And I, I've had limited exposure to Sabaton previously, as I've, as I've, you know, as I've mentioned, I very, very rarely seek out power metal. But I've got to say the service that Sabaton give to their fans is pretty much unbeaten they do cruises for the fans they put on their own festival they've launched a youtube channel giving insight behind the history of the band if you're a sabaton fan you're incredibly incredibly well catered to and re- regardless of what we think of them sam sabaton are one of the giant forces of 21st century metal it's just it, it's undeniable isn't it oh it absolutely is absolutely is they're one of the um one of the one of the big one of the big bands of the last two decades in the in the same in the same way that we've discussed lots and lots of bands that we've not really delved into. Metal metal has a a different world that runs parallel to mainstream metal that is just as fervent and just as as passionate. Like you see bands that headline Vakuum in Germany, and it is just a plethora of black metal and power metal and a whole variety of metal subgenres that you'd think surely there's not much of an audience for that. And then you see bands like Annihilator getting like 10,000 people at gig venues and stuff like that. And, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a testament to those sort of things like Nightwish, uh, absolutely huge. Yeah. They and, and they're the sort of, the, the, the sort of band that I, I would not have really delved into. Um, but they have an absolutely huge following. Um, metal isn't just Slipknot and Metallica. You know, there's another, a whole other world that exists of, of which Sabaton is not only a big part of, but a massive for, forefront of and a front runner in that genre as well. Um, I've got absolutely no issue with Sabaton's place in the metal world. And 
I have massive respect, like you talk about, with the fan service and the intricacy we put together the material. Um, they are unashamed, entirely unashamed and unabashed by the product that they are putting together, who it is aimed at and the passion with which it is told. Um, we can we can sit and make snarky little jokes and things like that about the the, the style of the choruses and you know group vocals and and all that type of stuff. But yeah, fine. It does sound a bit like Bon Jovi with an extra few guitar solos. Yeah, it, it is. It is really cheesy, and it, it's, it's it does sound like something something written by a musician who entirely watched Lord of the Rings franchise over and over again because it's got that kind of grandiose theatrical feel to it. However, however, like you pointed out, they tour. They get the kind of they get the kind of um, audiences that we're kind of hoping architects get yeah, at some yeah. point in the near future. Um, and it, I think there's a message under that. I really do that. Um, and maybe this will open up a different conversation later and come back to this. But rather than chasing the almost unattainable, the perfect pop metal album that simultaneously is really heavy and gets you exposure on Radio One, all that type of stuff, like the the, the black album comparison that me and you make with every band that's kind of do that, isn't it better that you just do what Sabaton have done and just we know our sound, we know our fans, we just be really, really good at that and they will flock to us because really, in it, are Sabaton more successful than Parkway Drive? Oh yeah, undeniably so. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They, they are, yeah. aren't they? That's not for that's um, not for dispute. And, and they haven't had to change their style one iota <laughs> to do that. So there's a, there's 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 actually you can argue to be made about not just bands or metal bands in general is that they've actually maintained their success and increased their success by continuing the pathway that we would have decided by album two. He's not worthwhile. And, and there's actually a message to that in terms of consistency and counting to your audience. And I think that is um that is admirable at the very least. Enviable. Do you think though that would that could possibly depend on how accessible your original genre is? Because let's be honest, power metal yeah, is more accessible than, than metalcore. Like yeah, of, of course, of course. So that would surely play a factor. I do see what you're saying, and actually I do agree, but I think a, a small little caveat to that point is it would kind of depend on the genre that you're breaking out of. I, I guess, but, and you also have to be incredibly good at that particular genre. Like, yeah. but to, to, to offer a caveat to, to yours, um, at the Gates, headlined festivals in Eastern, in Eastern Europe and Scandinavia, haven't they? And yeah. they, they have not altered their sound into, in a more melodic direction at all. Um, so bands, bands can do it. They just need to find the audience that connects. But if if you're a Western band, perhaps uh, English or American, um, I think it tends to be the the temptation to err uh, towards um, we must we must make this type of album eventually. I think it's too hard to resist. Whereas you get the Scandinavian bands, the and Eastern European bands that don't even think about it. Like it's really interesting actually. The more I'm thinking about it now. You wouldn't have an interview with Nightwish and be like, "So when are you changing your sound?" Like it just wouldn't. It wouldn't even be a conversation that mm, they would have with themselves. That is interesting. You, yeah. you couldn't have a, You couldn't have a conversation with like any into any Scandinavian big big massive metal band here, or even someone like obviously Cradle of Filth, or someone or like Dimmu Borgir or something like that, or Celtic Frost, or, or one of these one of these sort of big big bands from that sort of era or time. You couldn't sit. Sabaton down and say, you know, you, you you fancy doing a rock album? What? You fancy doing a non-progressive album, non-concept album? No, they, they, they would reply with, this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what our fans want. 
we're really good at that. Whereas American bands and English bands are like, they have more ownership over like the music and like the art product and it belonging to the musician, right? This is us. This is a reflection of who we are. We're changing as we go. This is this is this is the thing we want to do. Whereas almost Eastern European and Scandinavian bands tend to think of it as a fan product. We're making this for them. So that's what they like, and we'll cater it to them. I think the mentality is really, really interesting. And it kind of reflects the almost the cultural ideology of the countries. You know what? Because um, Western I'm, civilization is a very individualized culture. I'm trying to think off the top of my head of an Eastern European so Scandinavian band that has progressed their sound largely away from where it started. And honestly, I am struggling. If you could think of one, if you can think of one, please let me know in the comments. Because off the top of my head, I am struggling. Even if we take, obviously not Eastern European, like Gajira, who are on their last album, Fortitude, not a huge change up of the sound, but a change up nonetheless. So even Gajira did, you know, that's a very fascinating idea, that is. I genuinely, I'm really struggling to think of a, a Scandinavian band that's like really, that's largely changed their sound from current album versus album one, two, or three. That is fascinating. Uh, definitely a conversation for another time, because I think I could sit here for another 10 minutes trying to think of one and perhaps struggle. Um, what we would, what we should do is jump right into the record. Uh, we uh, It starts off with Sarajevo, which is, of course, about the murder of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, like the event that kind of lit the fires of World War One. And you know what, dude? Actually, before I jump into discussing the record with you, did you feel any more personal credibility towards Sabaton after listening to this album? You said personal credibility, you mean like my individual opinion of the band? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Do you know what? So did I, actually. I, I, I went into this thinking I was going to loathe every single second. And I've got to say, I, I don't loathe every single second. There's actually some really good stuff on here in moments. How about some yourself? Some enjoyable seconds. <laughs> yeah, I think this um, I think this is as good as the last time I made a record. Sinjutsu? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Interesting. Um, I, 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 I love a bit of a... a bit, you, know, you, you know I love a dramatic opening to a record, Sam. Of, of course he doesn't. And that kind of dramatic monologue detail in the Archduke's final moments behind that kind of slow building riff. I can't deny that it sounds really cool. The gang vocal doesn't do much of them when it comes in, but you can't help but picture the kind of huge scenes that creates live the second Sabaton start taking the stage. And again, that speaks to the fantastic fan service that they've got the ability to create, right? Like, imagine Wembley Arena, the tickets have sold really well so far. I'm sure they'll probably get close to selling out when it actually comes to fruition. Lights go down. That dramatic monologue, come, monologue comes on as the band walk out onto the stage. They start doing the gang vocals. Mate, the crowd will kick off. They'd be all That's, over that. It's really intelligently done. Absolutely. And it's another example of the, the, the know who they're trying to appeal to. They're not sure who they're trying to um, win over or trying to write songs for in that sort of way. Uh, the guitar work on this is terrific. I've got some Megadeth vibes. Yep. On the sort of like the, the, running, the running guitar work on the album in the way that it slowly builds up. It's interesting change up. Um, there's a nice build, there's a nice crescendo. It's clearly very theatrical, very um deliberately epic to match the the, the type of event that they're, they're trying to portray. The the use of the the female narrator who who's who's got one of those voices that you you, you hear on every advert and every gives it this kind of like interesting neutrality 
um, that kind of offsets the music quite nicely. Uh, I, I can I can completely understand with that. And it transitions really well into the next track, which yeah. I think is one of the highlights. I think Stormtroopers is a terrific song. Yeah, that um, kind of shredding Dragon Force opening, mate, is undeniable. How can you not get hooked in? Yeah, and that brings me to the point. Um, I actually enjoyed this as a refreshing break away from some of the bands that we've had to review before, where I don't have to work hard to enjoy this. Um, mm. there, are, there, are some, there are some albums that you have to figure out, right? You know, we've had albums before where we said to each other, you know, you need to listen to this two or three times. You need to think about this. You need to consider this thing when you're writing it. You need to actually take it from this perspective. Sometimes I don't want to have to do mental gymnastics to enjoy an album. Um, and and, and this, this isn't that. This is enjoyable music. I don't have to, ironically, despite the subject matter, I don't actually have to think about it. Um, it's, it's just well put together. The riffs are decent. The guitar styles are good. The chorus is catchy. Like I, yeah, I, was, it is, I, yeah. I was humming stormtroopers, like doing the dishes after this, just like 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 a sabaton looking housewife, and it was just it was just it worked. It it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It is it's a Ron Seal power metal track, and there are so many of those. They have got a blueprint. They're really really good at it, and they're and they're pulling it as far as it goes. And it does it does the same does the same throughout this album, and that that's what I want to say. I think there's a um, a lot to be said for um just. Pure enjoyability, like Nick Hornby that said about reading books. If you don't get engaged, if you don't engage the reader within the first 100 pages, put the book down, pick up something else, because reading's supposed to be pleasure, enjoyment. And I kind of feel something similar to that listening to this Sabaton record in the sense that I just enjoy this as a listener. Like uh, you talked about the Power Paladin record in the same manner, um, in yeah. the sense that don't overthink it, just stick it on, sit back, do something else, and be like, enjoy it as it goes. Every film doesn't have to be Schindler's List. You can watch Meet the Parents once in a while. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, and Sabaton is kind of a version of that because you need to get a gig. I mean, me, me and you could go to this. Like, I know, I know you, I know, I know probably we wouldn't, but we, we could go to this conceivably, have a few beers down at the back, and just just have a good time. It would be an enjoyable evening, and I think this album is representative of that. The, the, the gang vocals are, are really, really catchy. The riff work is really impressive. Um, it's not as like heavily or intricately mixed as I'd like. I think it's a bit thin on the ground. Um, some of the guitar work is a bit, um, it could be multi-tracked a little bit better. I think sometimes when they do the solos, some of the riff work behind is a bit thin. I think we've been well treated by the metalcore and the deathcore world when you actually hear bands that just put the musicians that are actually on the record playing all at the same time rather than do- doubling it over or thickening it or anything like that. It actually sounds kind of weirdly sparse now by comparison. Um, but other than that, like, when you go through a few of these tracks that I'm sure we'll talk about, but like Soldier of Heaven, Dreadnought and The Uncullable Soldier, they're all much of a muchness, but they're all a good song. They're all a good go. Um, there's It's up-tempo. There's a little bit of war poetry. It occasionally does verge on the whole... Valhalla Viking song style choruses that they're, they're clearly going for. Um, but when it works, it, it really, really works. And this is this is a perfectly, perfectly enjoyable record. And once again, talk about if you are a Sabaton record, you might not like what we're saying, but I guarantee you'll enjoy this album, as you have presumably enjoyed the last few. There's actually moments on this album that are much more sinister than I expected. I don't know whether you came across that as well. The opening of Lady of the Dark is the best album to a track on the record. It's got this really, really cool, hot, got this cool, harsh sliding riff. There's a moment on Hellfighters where the opening riff goes hard. Like you mentioned Megadeth and I've got in my notes here, that opening riff is, is Mustang-esque. 
and whacking Browden's vocals do immediately kind of make it more difficult for me to take it seriously. But regardless, there is some moments on this album where like there's a re- something much more sincerely was expected. Dreadnought as well got this real kind of stomping, punching opener to the out to the uh, to the track, and um, and there's some which which caught me off guard. Actually, I thought this was going to be kind of sweeter than sweet power metal for 55 minutes that would really make it difficult for me to to want to stick along for the ride now I, I wouldn't go as far as say like i really i really like this record but i definitely would say that there are moments that i really enjoy specifically there is a moment on lady of the dark where the vocals kind of dissolve my interest but the riff that gets pushed through the middle of it just injected into my veins got these high-pitched slide transitions that go back into the verse the kind of <laughs> the vocals at the end that climax the song are really really over the top and do make it kind of difficult for me to, to stick along and take it seriously but if you if you take a, the track apart in segments there is there's really a lot to enjoy there and i feel like i could probably say the same thing for almost every song on the album i there was legitimate fear in my heart when I was about when Race to the Sea was was about to come on because I thought they're going to do something that sounds like Ale Storm here. I was I was genuinely like, <laughs> you I, saw I was, a reference to the ocean. You're like, oh no, the pirates. Are here. <laughs> yeah, I was genuinely scared. I was like, no, please don't let me listen to four minutes where you kind of sound like Ale Storm. Um, they thankfully for me and for everyone else alive on Earth, they don't do that. Uh, they do. They, they, <laughs> They do kind of flirt with the idea of doing it. And the gang vocal chorus is very, if Abba were a metal band kind of thing. There's there's mm. this vocal, that there's this lyric they do, like, see a king and a soldier fighting shoulder to shoulder. And yeah. I, I did kind of giggle as, it, as they were going through that. And do you know what? Joaquin Broden, who is the vocalist, He's absolutely, he's not, a, he's actually a, a great power metal vocalist. He, he ticks all those boxes. He absolutely smashes all those power metal tropes. But I find it really hard to take it seriously, Sam. Do, do you get that? I, I find it very, very difficult. Do I get that? <laughs> well, yes. Um, yes, I the do. Thing is, was, the thing is, because, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you no, there. No, I just wanted to no, finish my point. The what? guitar, the, the workmanship of the guitars on this album is so good. There's, there's some real, real beautiful craftsmanship of guitar on this album that, are, that really are on board in. I mean, but then when these vocals come in, I just I can't keep up that same level of intensity of enjoyment. I just I, 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 I kind of it seems to become a bit more satirical and I find it very, very difficult to continue taking it seriously. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I can understand that entirely. There are moments on this that I, I sort of roll my eyes, not just with the vocals. There was the synth at the start of um, where has it gone? Where's the synth? Where's the Soldier of Heaven? Oh yeah, it's yeah. the 80s, 80s synth song, and it was like, dun, 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 dun. and I was like, this yeah. is this is not 1987. This is crazy that this sound is still being produced. <laughs> but the Pet Shop Boys were suddenly featured on the back of the Sabaton album. I don't know what was going on. And then the uh, the Christmas truce. Oh god, um, yeah. Like, oh god. With the with the with the piano that was the dun 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 dun, 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 dun <laughs> Dwight, Dwight Schrute air drumming on the office, one of the Christmas episodes. And and that was a bit that was a bit unnecessary. I I didn't need that um going through my afternoon. But and then as well, as well, did you notice that the guitar solo on Versailles was 
got a like weirdly like a patriotic kind of key like it was if he was like kind of doing the national anthem but not doing the national anthem yeah, and that yeah. was the kind of vibe that they were going with and it was like it was like kind of watching the Super Bowl and they just invited some random guitarist from the local area to play like Star Spangled Banner on like a and a Gibson Flying V or something like that. There was a, there was a few of that moments where I was like, oh god, lads, there's no need, there's no need for this. I do love a cyclical structure on a record, though. I do like it on Versailles. I do like. I do think it's kind of cool how the record ends with a monologue <laughs> yeah. returning to run the details through the end of the war. I did think that was cool. Yeah, and that they, they repeated the chorus but changed the lyrics to reflect the, the, the sort of change of the back yeah. and how it is. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was that was that was that was a nice little thing. That was cool. I, I, I was well into that. There was some there was some musical moments that were really really good. Um, there was a bit on Hell Fighters where the 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 opening riff that you enjoyed was repeated in several different octaves as part of the verse, and it just changed key but maintained the riff and then went into the solo. That was really really nice. I agree with you that some of the guitar work on this is absolutely exceptional. He does like the same tempo of guitar solo, that kind of running sixteenth style. And then the, the other option appears to be this slow kind of melodic sound, but the guitar sound is gorgeous. Um, it's really, really well produced um, in that sense, the sound that is coming out of the guitar. But I agree with you, there are moments on this that are a bit cringy. There are moments of this that are a bit cheesy, a bit a bit Eurovision, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, 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 bits of, there's bits of that. Um, but overall, if you're a Sabaton fan, I assume by this point in your life, you've made your peace with that. Or obviously you enjoy that as well, which is of course a likelihood. Um, but going going into that, knowing that you're into that type of stuff, then this is this is a perfectly suited record to you because there are moments on this that are really, really good. Stormtroopers, Dreadnought, the Unkillable Soldier are good songs. Light of the Dark is a good song. Um, this is a good album. You I enjoyed this album. It by by the end, it was a touch repetitive. They found a blueprint and they're going back over it and I'm not. I'm not sure. I could. I could do with this is Sabaton three hour playlist. I'm not sure I can manage it. But, um, <laughs> but ten to eleven songs is is pretty pretty good. Pretty good going. And and it, it's quite clear that they've got like you say a real pleasure and power in their work and intricacy and a artistry to the way that they're putting stuff together. And that passion comes through. And like you say, they have done war to death. If you pardon the pun. Um, over the last few years but they're finding other wrinkles other avenues and other ways to tell those stories and um, good for them I don't see any reason why this won't be um, once again platinum in several several European countries to be honest and I have no doubt that when they do tour especially in that Eastern European belt which clearly they have their they, they have their fandom there and the massive, massive outpouring of affection for them. I, I assume they'll be doing incredibly well once again. Um, bottom line, whether me and you like it, it's not for us. No, it's not. Like, it's it's not. It, it, it's, it, they're not trying to win us over. Then they're, they're, they're not. Um, they don't need to. No, they don't. They don't need us at all. Um, and good for them. That was, I guess, the point I was making earlier. They have got a sound, a fan base, a style. It works. Why change it? It gives a toss what anybody else thinks. And even reading, like, I was joking to you before when we got the sort of the email, and it's like you're reading through some of the titles and some of the way, you know, and it is a bit cheesy. And it is a bit sort of like being invited to like a kid's birthday party where war is the theme. And that, that's what it kind of felt like. Yeah. Um, but but I, they, don't, they don't give a toss. And and they're enjoying who they are, what they are, what they're producing. Good for them. And this is exactly 
exactly what you'd want to hear from a Sabaton fans perspective. And if you are getting into power metal, you're like a monomath, like several of our friends do. There's no reason why you'd also not also like this. This is these 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 genres work together. They're the same type of stuff. Like it's raise a beer and wear a black t-shirt stuff. There's loads of people that love that type of thing. So good for them. Just one note for me before we kind of wrap this up. There is a solo on the Valley of Death, which is the greatest moment on the record for me. I like rewound the song and listened to it three times, the solo, because it is absolutely stunning. And I'm not sure. I think they, I think Chris Rawlin and Tommy Johansson, I think they switch up the lead guitar role between the two of them, whichever way, whichever way they do it. They both put in a, a stellar performance on this record and, you know, I'm not into Paramount, I've said it a million times, but I'm glad I heard this because the guitar work is is fantastic and it is, is very, very interesting to listen to. I, I have enjoyed, I enjoyed this album more than I've enjoyed anything apart from Through the Fire and Flames by Dragon Force. I enjoyed this album more than anything I've heard by Blind Guardian. Now, that's not, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to go back and listen to Sabaton. I'm not going to jump into Sabaton's discography. I'm not going to listen to The Great War. I'm not going to find out what the greatest selling album was and check that out. Sabaton don't really do much for me, but I can certainly say, with the exception of Power Paladin, which came out in January, which I, I love that power metal record. That is so much fun. This is really one of the few power metal albums that I've listened to and thought, you know what? This is fun. I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying this. I enjoyed listening to this record. We said this about Turnstile in August. That's the point, isn't it? Music, music is a form of entertainment. It's supposed to entertain you, and that's exactly what this album does. And you've mentioned it, so I won't make too far a point on this. If you're a Sabaton fan, oh, you know, a, a woman I work with, her son is a huge Sabaton fan. He's 15. He's going to love this. He's going to absolutely adore this album. It's going to be everything he possibly wants from his from a Sabaton album because it it does all of it does all of those things, does them well. Guitar works amazing. Gang vocal choruses don't do a lot for me, but absolutely will get fist pumping in the air and beer flowing everywhere. You you can't take anything away from what they've created, and this is an album that I'll probably never listen to again. But I absolutely enjoyed and. You know what? Good for them, man. Good for them. You, they're, they're one of the biggest bands of the generation. You can see why they've they've nailed that audience. They've nailed their theme. They've nailed their blueprint. They'll continue on getting bigger. I feel. Yeah, of, of which there is, of which there is no doubt. They'll be they're like they're, you can pop in download festival. They're headlining the second stage. No problem at all. No problem at all. They're they're, they're headline bloodstock, but they're massive. They're, yeah. They are massive, and you you can understand why. They cater to a particular type of fan, a particular type of metal fan, of which there is thousands under the under the under the basements of this world. And there, there are they're just they're they're perfectly catered from from this band, and it will continue forever and ever and ever. That is that is how metal survives in the dark ages. Like like cynicism aside, when posers stop listening to metal and gets replaced by something else, fans like this keep the genre alive. That is true. Yeah, that is true. And, and and they are being rewarded by bands like Sabaton who know who they're catering to. That's where we're going to leave off episode 92 of the Noise Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that review. I hope you felt, if you're a huge Sabaton fan, I hope you felt like that was as balanced as two people that don't usually listen to Sabaton of a review could possibly have done. And um, we are going to be back, check the date, 
on March the 8th. So this this episode is going to be released on Saturday, the 26th of February. We are going to be back on March the 8th. Haven't looked at the release schedule yet to check what's coming out, but I'm sure we will find two records that we want to discuss. Uh, if you're listening, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that review. Follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast, both me and Sam run that account. The best way to support us is by subscribing on YouTube, liking or following, depending on whichever service you are using. Leave a comment down below. Tell us what you think of Sabaton. Is, uh, is there a great Sabaton song that me and Sam are missing that we have to listen to before we die? Uh, is there a great Sabaton record that I need to listen to that might change my entire perspective on them? Let us know in the comments. Uh, tell a friend about us and make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. We're going to be back on March the 8th. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>